At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the nightcap with tim murray and super bowl champion sean king on vsin the sports betting network running on a Tuesday night live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas alongside Femi Abebefe. I'm Tim Murray, Sean King on morning duty. Yeah. So Femi getting the uh, the call to bullpen. I believe Femi will be here the remainder of the week. I am. Yeah. yeah. So uh, tonight, tomorrow night, it'll be me and you. Yeah. Starting Thursday, then I'll be in your chair with Wes Reynolds. So it's uh, going to be a Pacific Northwest flavor all throughout the weekend. So you had Joe Fan we had Joe on yesterday, yesterday. We got as my guy. Femi today. So we will, yes. uh, there's a reason we're doing the NFC West uh, summer conditioning. <laughs> yeah. We will do the San Francisco 49ers uh, later tonight. We'll also talk some Pac-12. Uh, mm-hmm. Todd Furman, uh, who lives here, but uh, most recently did just a deep dive on the big uh, the Pac-12. So we'll talk some Pac-12 with him. I know you're a Pac-12 guy. You're yes, sir. UW Huskies. It was New- a t- New era. It was a tough year for the Huskies last year. <laughs> we were joking about it before the show even started. I mean, you start the year off losing to Montana and all that, but that's that's beside it's us. The best. It's, it's in the past. Now we're looking forward. The Kalen DeBoer era is here in 2022, hoping to bounce back. Well, we got the All Star Game going on right now. Bottom of the fifth, American League leading the National League three to two. Had a handful of home runs so far. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt went yard. Uh, the first homer of the game, and I believe Aaron, what was that? Eleven to one, you said for him to hit the first home run. 1050 wow. plus 1050 at BetMGM. 5-1 to anytime home run, uh, I think, over at uh, at Boyd's here mm-hmm. in town. John Carlos Stanton plus 520. He went yard. And then Byron Buxton, it was back-to-back jacks for the American League to make it a 3-2 to lead as it stands right now, bottom five. So first five over caches uh, for anyone who played it. That was set at four, Femi. And then uh, first five goes to the American League, which was uh, minus 115, essentially a pick em there. Yeah, yeah, it's well, yeah, I guess oh, yeah, no, I'm not counting yeah, count the chickens yet. Can't count them yet. We're still in Nash, the, bo- the bottom the, of the fifth. The over is hit, but uh, the National League could They certainly. could do something. By yeah. the way, I just I got to throw this out there. I hate these uniforms. I, I hate I, it. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. I, I, I'm not trying to be like get off my lawn type. You know, I, I'm all for creative minds, but mm-hmm. there's something about the all-star game in Major League Baseball when the home team wears their home uniforms, the road team wears their road uniforms, that that eclectic kind of um, you know pairing together, just something about it 
I, I just, I love it. And uh, I, I get what they're trying to do, you know, but I, I don't know. I, where are those in the home run derby? I'm right there with you, to be quite honest. I was talking with our producer, Aaron Oster, before the show started, and I was like, I'm not a fan of these all-star jerseys. Just because you said the aesthetics of seeing yeah. all those teams wearing their uniforms, it's just something that makes it cool to look forward to. The NBA did the same thing. I mean, they've been wearing these all-star uniforms since the early 2000s yeah. now. Uh, but in the 90s, you would always see the wear your own unis. And I thought it was always just really cool to see all those different uniforms out there on the court or on the diamond for baseball's sake. But now we got to make money. So we got to bring out more merchandise, more yeah. apparel. For the folks to buy for Christmas presents or whatever birthday presents you might have. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I understand where they're coming the, from. But all about the ching, man. I mean, gray uniforms? Come on now. I mean, it, what, what are we doing here? It, it is. I'll say this. I, I've never been to Dodger Stadium. I've uh, Have you been to Dodger Stadium? Never have, no. I've heard it's kind of eh uh, from for everyone who's been there. But I do like the fact that, it, it, that it's at Do uh, Dodger Stadium. First time since 1980. Denzel mm. making an appearance. Yes, sir. Uh, early on. Uh, Given the tribute to Jackie Robinson 75 years after the color barrier was broken. So that was a, a, certainly a neat moment there. And then uh, Mookie Betts and everyone uh, wishing uh, Jackie's, uh, his, uh, his wife, wife, his yeah. widow, a uh, happy 100th birthday. I saw that Unbelievable. this morning. Unbelievable. I saw that this morning. That's remarkable. Hitting the century mark there. Uh, next year, Seattle, all-star game. That's your, that's your I'm spot, gonna, man. I'm going to have to try to that's get out there. That's your spot. Last time it was there was 2001, the season that they went ahead and won 116 games. Also the last season that they made the playoffs, but who's counting? I remember that All-Star game very, very fondly because mm -hmm. I was, you know, I grew up in, in D.C. Oh, yeah. We didn't have a baseball team, and Cal Ripken, that was his final year. He was in the All-Star game, got the start. Alex Rodriguez pushed him over to shortstop there, mm -hmm. uh, which was foreshadowing for A-Rod because he was at the shortstop <laughs> yeah. and then ultimately would become a third baseman. Uh, but that was certainly – and I believe – was that the All-Star game that Tommy Lasorda got knocked over by the broken bat? I would have. To, I don't know if I remember. <laughs> I that. can't yeah. remember. <laughs> We'd have to look that Tony up. Tony Gwynn was in that All Star game, mm -hmm. so yeah, that was uh, kind of similar to uh, to what we got uh, tonight with Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera there being in the All Star game. So uh, yeah, that'll be next year. I'm sure Joe will be uh, slightly excited about that. Joe fan, you should yes, have seen sir. him yesterday. He was out here. <laughs> Julio Rodriguez was he was. Going like he's, this. He's Team Julio. He was pumping up the crowd. There was there was like I mean, 16 <laughs> people here. Like, who's that crazy person over there with the throwback uh, Mariner shirt on? I mean, you got it. As a Pacific Northwest guy, Joe, we're around the same age. We grew up with Griffey, A-Rod, big unit Randy Johnson, Edgar Martinez. The team was star-studded oh and had God. all these iconic type of players. Since our formative years, teenage years, young adults, <laughs> it's just been barren. All we've had to hang on is to King Felix with K-Days oh, and all yeah. that going on. And it's it's any sort of success Mariner fans are going to gravitate to. And I was joking about this earlier with my girlfriend. I was like, man, just following a lot of Seattle media, because I have a lot of friends who work in Seattle media. And in May, there was fire Jerry DePoto, fire Scott Service. It was just <laughs> that this team was supposed to be good. What's going on? And it's like, hey, guys, it's May. This is baseball. Things happen. Look at the Atlanta Braves last year. They turned it on in the second half of the season. I'm not saying the Mariners are going to win the World Series, but... You know, it's a long 162-game season. Let's just let things play out. And now that they've galvanized and come together, 114 straight, 22 out of 25, and they're rolling, man. Yeah, they are. Uh, right now, they would uh, be in the postseason if the postseason mm -hmm. started today. Uh, by the way, uh, Juan Soto just grounded out. What a bum. 
uh, at the in the bottom. Of he the took f- money out of my pocket because I also had Julio Rodriguez to win the home run derby. A little Soto Mojo Homer bet there. And take that, you I, Pacific I, Northwesters! I thought I had it. I thought I was going to hit it two years in a row. You know, last year I had Pete Alonso and I had Julio Rodriguez. This year, and yeah, unfortunately Juan Soto. Uh, the benefit of going second, he was able to conserve that energy there as Julio was setting the pace and couldn't keep up with what Soto was doing. Uh, so the first five caches for the. American League, they are up three to two. The over, of course, does hit as well. Now the sweat is on. Yes. Uh, the total actually had uh, some buyback, even though it looked like for most books, Femi, that it was actually you know the public was on the over, mm-hmm. but the number drifted down to seven and a half. So certainly some uh, seems to be some smart money came in on the under. Now the sweat is on uh, whether you had the over or the under here uh, with five runs through five innings. Uh, at the All-Star Game. So uh, headed to the top of the six, three to two right now uh, is the score with the uh, National League leading. Speaking of being old men on the clouds here, or, or old men on the, on the, yelling at the clouds, yelling I at should the clouds, say. Yeah. Um, what do you make of this whole tie thing? If there's a potential home run derby at the it. end of I think it's going to be it. awesome, too. I, I thought MLB should have done this for the regular season, to be quite honest. <laughs> just like, let's just play these games and have the home run derbies. I think it would add so much intrigue and excitement to it. Now, I guess that these results could be fluky with a home run derby in a regular season. They'll want to compromise the integrity of what's happening on the games that actually matter. I mean, but a, a, for ghost run, a ghost runner on second base exactly. is, is fake baseball. Anyways, exactly. So if you're going to do that, might as well do this. I absolutely love it. I think it's uh, it's pretty creative. And I'll say this about the home run derby. You know, it got stale. And I think for the most part now with this new where it's time, remember it used to be outs and then they mm-hmm. would just they would just take pitch, pitch, pitch. And now you yep. can't. So I feel like the way that they've tweaked it, Femi, and then the, the final round is only two minutes now. Uh, so mm-hmm. I actually think that the home run derby moves pretty quick. And I think the ratings were, were not that we care at a betting network about ratings, yeah. but I, I think people are enjoying it more. I certainly enjoy the home run derby much more than it, than when it was. It got very stale, oh, yeah. too long, and I think the way they're doing it now is uh, is interesting. Uh, was Kyle Schwarber on the take last night? A hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm like, I'm like, we all saw it. America saw it. If you watch, even though that. he should have forced double overtime because he yeah. hit a 20th home run, he was on the take. ESPN was also in on it as well. I'm not, nothing is off the table. I'm sitting as there, far as I'm concerned. So I got the Juan Soto ticket. I'm cheering my heart out for for Albert Pujols. Mm-hmm. Let's go Pujols because that means you know it's the eight over the one, and Juan Soto's got a better draw. And then his. I, I the, thought Juan was going to do it as well. The guy throwing to my guy, Juan Soto's throwing up and away. I'm like, what? Whoever the dude, um, uh, Pena, throwing to Julio. He was dialed was in. Surgical. Just dialed in, man. He was throwing darts last night. And, so. that's why, and that's why a lot of people like Pete Alonso, because last year, his pitcher was just dialed in. I mean, Haas was his name. Like, he was just throwing him right where he wanted him, and Alonzo was, was bobbing up and down and kind of doing his thing. But yeah, this past year, or, the, or less, yesterday, I should say, uh, he was all over the place. Didn't really let Alonzo get into rhythm. Julio was the guy that had the best pitcher. That's why I wasn't really afraid of Soto once he got to the finals. I was like, all right, Soto's guy is just throwing it up, like, out of the strike zone. He's all He's over making the place. them work. Yeah. Julio's guy's, you know, putting it right there, but Julio just didn't have the power to to get him out there. That was the biggest thing is he missed out. If you miss out on that extra time, you're done. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is what it. is uh, proved to be. So uh, I was happy to, uh, to cash that uh, last night, and uh, I doubled down. It was, I can't believe that Juan Soto here at Circa went off plus 270 against mm-hmm. Julio Rodriguez. Not to say, I mean, Julio was red hot, and he was really the only one last night that kind of got into that groove 
and had that, you know, that memorable like stretch of just bomb after bomb after bomb. Yeah. Um, but I was surprised that it, it opened two fifteen and then bet up to two or bet up to two seventy. Uh, the money was coming in on Julio, so uh, a fun, uh, fun evening. Made it more fun that my guy won, especially considering <laughs> uh, he might be traded and uh, my yeah. team's terrible. So hey, you know what? You always have twenty nineteen. That's to win that World Series. 2019, July, 2019 is, is much more than, than I could say as a Mariners fan. All right, three yeah. to two right now <laughs> after five innings. We'll keep you updated. Right now, your live line heading into the sixth inning at DraftKings. American League minus 270. The National League plus 215. The total remains at seven and a half. It is slightly Ooh. juiced to the over minus 140 plus 110 to the under at DraftKings. So we will keep you updated. Uh, here on this All-Star game as uh, the first uh, batter of the top of the sixth grounds out. Uh, looks like Andrew Benatendi grounds out. Uh, we'll talk some uh, We'll talk some football. we got Sam Munson coming up later on this yep. hour, Femi. And uh, some news maybe trickling out a little bit. Some rumors about the latest on Deshaun Watson. What does that mean for the Browns and their chances to make the postseason? We'll discuss that next. It is the Nightcap here on Visa. This is the Nightcap on v the sports betting app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare Welcome back in this segment of the Nightcap being presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zinn understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. But, ev- but whenever you feel like you're ready to take a, that first step toward change, Zinn will be there for you. Check out Zen Nicotine Pouches at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Alongside Femi Abebefe, I am Tim Murray. It is the nightcap here on v Headed to the bottom of the six, three to two. The score with the American League leading a scoreless top of the sixth inning. And uh, your live line has shifted. AL now minus 205 at DraftKings. NL. What's the uh, live plus- total? Uh, the total is down on draft. Down right now. I think it's 
spin around and see what's here at Circa. Yeah, as we look at ourselves on the big board there, uh, <laughs> looks like the total is down too uh, here at Circa. Right. Uh, but it was seven and a half at DraftKings prior to the top of the six, juice to the over. Uh, as mentioned, first five over hits uh, as that total was set at four. And uh, go ahead and cash your first five on the American League, which was uh, which was around a pick'em. So a couple home runs so far tonight. Uh, as mentioned, Paul Paul Goldschmidt hitting the game's first homer. Uh, then a back-to-back from Giancarlo Stanton and Byron Buxton. So plus 500, plus 520, and plus 560 on Buxton. Uh, any? Uh, did you fire on anything tonight? I did not. You no. know, uh, baseball is not really in my wheelhouse for a sports betting standpoint, and also just from following it as well. You know, they gotta. As a sports fan, you gotta take a little bit of a time off, and usually the summer is my time off to really uh, kind of just rest relax a little bit i'll bet a little golf on the weekends because that's Ooh. just every weekend and all that but uh baseball really not in my wheelhouse so nothing for me i just bet the home run derby because it was a monday night wanted something to sweat we Your had guy. success for it last year and also yeah my guy julio rodriguez Sometimes as gotta, well so you got to get that entertainment that that hometown bet and it was a good bet exactly. i mean it almost came home i mean he was he had the most home runs last night uh just uh ran 81. out a little bit of gas uh so yeah i'm with you uh nothing for me however i should have tailed our guy Jared Smith, shout out to Jared. Yes. Uh, the uh, the old Yurfy, yes, run first <laughs> inning came home. So two runs in the bottom of the first by the National League. So good call by Jared last night here uh, on the show. That's kind of, that's his thing, man. He loves the the Nerfy and the Yurfy. It's a quick sweat, man. <laughs> it is. It, it's the first to fifteen or first to twenty oh, of baseball God. type those, of thing. Those are so great. <laughs> those. I'll tell you what. If, if, and I know so many of our viewers have have likely been out here, but if you haven't been out to Vegas. During March Madness and watching mm. the sweats, especially that first two days, because there's four games going oh on at once, and the first to fifteen, you see that part of the crowd cheering and that part of the crowd, you're like, "Wait, what just happened?" You know, uh, those first to fifteens are great. Yeah. No, especially, I mean, who takes a favorite? I mean, everyone just takes the dog mm-hmm. and is hoping that a you know a three to one can come home. So uh, we are uh, once again bottom of the sixth. Nestor Cortez coming into uh, into pitch here. Uh, a guy that was utilized by, I think, three or four people in the baseball pentathlon uh, for his oh. uh, strikeout prop in uh, in the final night of the... Uh, I heard you guys came one strike short. So of, close, Femi. Of, of taking home the hardware. Almost there. We were, you know, look, we had to take that long bomb. It and uh, it almost it got happens. home. Almost got home. Just fell short, but it was uh, it was a great sweat nonetheless. The trophy is still here. Yeah, I might just bring it out one time and just you know I, I saw the clip the follow the money guys drinking from it. <laughs> you know, Mitch Moss <laughs> taking down. Uh, I think it was a Modelo. Yeah, Modelo <laughs> at like six in the morning. It was Which their you, last day before vacation. You know, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. That you know, is kind of what the situation looked like. <laughs> and it was the start of vacation, man. I don't know about you. Once you hit vacation, yeah. there's no time. Like when. <laughs> When I hit vacation on uh, after the show on Wednesday night, take that red eye. You know, sometimes you have to crack a couple cocktails. You're good to go, no matter what time it is. Smooth sailing. All right, uh, Sam Munson for Pro Football Focus. Always love talking to Sam. He will join Mm us uh, at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk some 49ers today. Seahawks were last night. Uh, Real quickly, since you are a Seattle guy, um, and Joe is as well, we we broke down the Seahawks last night. Not a ton of confidence. Nothing that really jumped out at any of us. I, I... trying to debate whether or not to throw a flyer on Kenneth Walker for Offensive Rookie of the Year um, just because of Rashad Penny's unlikeliness of staying healthy. And, you know, when you're a bad team, giving young players opportunities to shine isn't the worst thing in the world, but the offensive line worries me. 
totals, uh, win total at five and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, anything for you jumping out when it comes to the Seahawks? No, nothing from a future standpoint. Uh, it's mainly going to be from a game-to-game situation yeah. with the Seattle Seahawks team. Um, it's the quarterback. I just can't get involved with this, this quarterback situation. <laughs> Drew Locke, Geno Smith. And I, I get that Pete Carroll has won a lot of games, but he also won a lot of games with Russell Wilson, who is a top-tier quarterback, going to be a future Hall of Famer. Drew Locke is not that. Geno Smith is not that. And the question marks that you see on the offensive line as well, that to me, the combination of that on offense is why I don't see this team winning a ton of games. They almost, to me, feel like a team that can only win in a particular way. Like the Seahawks, when you look at them, they have one out. And if you're a sports better, you want multiple outs. They always say shop around and get multiple outs. The Seahawks are the sports better that has one out because all they can do is run the football and play good defense is what they can try to hope to do. Now, if the game script gets away from them, it's going to make it a lot more difficult for them to stay in some of these games here. Uh, I mean, right now, I would never take a flyer on them to win the division or no. to win the conference or anything like that. Uh, a win total, if you're positive and like the Seahawks, maybe an alt over, maybe. I, I wouldn't want to lay minus 140 on this team to win six games. I'd rather play an alt over. They're at like, yeah, over six and a half plus 185. To me, that's probably a better look there if you're positive. Uh, and if you're negative, I mean, the under there at five and a half with Pete Carroll, like I mentioned, one of the best motivational coaches in the NFL. You can figure that he would get five or six wins out of this team, even though the roster doesn't look that great. Defensively, they're going to be different, and they'll do some things with that pass rush, but I just don't really see this team having a ton of success. I know they they, they like Drew Locke, and they march to their own beats. From covering that team for a couple years, I know John Schneider, Pete Carroll, they march to their own beats, so I don't think they're lying when they say that they like Drew Locke, but I just can't get there with them. I think they're just wrong on this one, uh, and it's probably going to be a rebuild year, whether they want to admit that or not. I'm telling you right now, Femi, I know myself, I'm probably going to be on the Seahawks week one. Are you? Catching five at home. Mm. I mean, name me one person. You listening right now, raise your hand if you're betting against Russell Wilson in this game. Everybody and their mother is going to be on the Seahawks. Or sorry, on the Broncos. So I'm not saying I'm definitely going to do it. Mm-hmm. That's just how I normally bet. And I... You're going to see those splits come Monday night. It's going to be like oh, 90, it's gonna be, yeah, it's 90% be <laughs> on the Broncos, you know? So, it's, it's the get-back game for week one. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'd be, I'm, I'm curious to see that line. It has moved already, open four mm-hmm. and a half. Most spots, uh, still four and a half at DraftKings, but actually has moved to five most spots here in town. So, so we might end up being head-to-head on this game because I've already laid it with Denver. I, I'm not saying I'm definitely going to okay. do it. <laughs> yeah, I I, I'm just, I, I've, it's I've July, it. subject to change. I'm just saying knowing my mentality and how I ne- normally do, I just I know that's going to be a game where I'm going to hold my nose and probably be like, uh, give me the home team that's catching points. When, we'll the, when the schedule came out in May, I looked at that line and I was like, oh, God, like that. That can't be right. <laughs> it, was, it, it was at three and a half here in town over at the Westgate Superbook. And I said, that can't be right. But let me walk away for a couple hours just to make sure I'm not being emotional or I'm not being too trigger happy. I waited two hours. I came back. It was still three and a half. And I said, I'm going to go to war with Denver in this game. So, And you don't really want to lay three and a half, especially on the road there, because oftentimes, you know, three being the most key number. How often do games land on four, but it's not as much as they used to. Um, but I just I thought the conversation for this game should have started at six. Mm-hmm. Maybe we get there once the quarterback situation is known for Seattle and there's no Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Seattle Seahawks and it's either Drew Locke or Geno Smith going up against Russell Wilson. But I do think you do bring up a good point of that atmosphere is going to be out of control. Yeah. And that fan base, it is as loud as any team in the league. That's going to be their Super Bowl. It's going to be their Super Bowl. Knowing what they know about the rest of the season and what the roster looks like, the loss that season, is a Super Bowl. You get a Monday nighter to open the year yeah. at home against Russell Wilson. 
Um, and as Joe kind of alluded to, is a little bit too. You know, he covered the team. You obviously covered mm-hmm. the team too. Is that you know obviously Russell Wilson is is going to be beloved there forever. I'm sure oh, yeah. his number will be retired at some time, at some day. The wound is fresh though. But what what he was talking about, and it's true, is he quickly went all blue and orange and, you know, <laughs> let's ride and all that stuff. So I'm sure those yeah. Seahawks fans, that 12th man, will uh, give him an applause maybe at first, and then mm-hmm. it's uh, then he's the enemy. And the one thing that got a factor into this game is that it's Nathaniel Hackett's first time as a head coach. That's what I'm saying. In his first ever game. So it's a lot of factors that are pointing toward I can see why you would like Seattle as a potential. I'm bet. curious. There, yeah. Curious. Curious. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to put it in pen for you. It's in pen for me with Denver. Not in Sharpie yet. <laughs> yeah. I, coming Sunday night, and I'm just gonna look at those splits, Femi, and I'm gonna go. Yeah. It's well, gonna be lopsided. I know what I have to do now. It's I gotta. Be I gotta hold my nose and bet with Drew Locke at home. Uh, so we will see. Now, maybe one way you could do it is maybe just go Seahawks first half. That's true. We could do that. Then we'll see how that line moves. And uh, maybe yeah. if I can get around a field goal in the first half, maybe something like that. So yeah, it's we'll not see. a bad look at all. We'll see. Uh, three to two remains. Bottom of the sixth. American League leading the National League in the All-Star game. The sweat is on on that total, which uh, closed at seven and a half. Right now, the American League. Your favorite at DraftKings at minus 230. The total sitting at seven and a half, and uh, looks like we have two outs now in the bottom of the sixth. That's Femi Abebefe. I'm Tim Murray. We talk to Sam Munson, Pro Football Focus, next right here on the Nightcap. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share. $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon. Now to join the action, Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings for details. Alongside Femi Abebefe, I'm Tim Murray. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN headed to the seventh inning in Los Angeles in the Midsummer Classic with the AL leading 3-2. to two. Nestor Cortez gets a big strikeout at the end of the sixth with men on first and second. So 3-2 uh, to two once again remains the score with the American League leading the National League. All right, let's, uh, let's turn the page, though, to a little football. And uh, from Pro Football Focus, Sam Munson joins us. And you can follow Sam on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam, um, Sam, we were just hitting on uh, the Seahawks a little bit, and we talked about them yesterday. We don't have to go crazy in depth on a team that's not going to be very good. Um, but what are your expectations uh, of this Seahawks team? The win total set in Vegas is is five and a half. Um, you know, Pete Carroll, whether he's lying or not, says they're all in on Drew Locke. Um, you know, they went out. They got Kenneth Walker, Charles Cross in the first round. What are your expectations for this Seahawks team, and and what seems to be from afar? Uh, a rebuilding process. Yeah, I think it absolutely is a rebuilding process. Nope. All right. Did we lose him? I think we lost. I think we lost Sam. We'll get Sam back here in just a moment. Um, but yes, he was uh, in lockstep about the rebuild. <laughs> in lockstep, I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this Seahawks team—they're just not really a team that I would really buy into. And like maybe from a game-to-game standpoint, that's how you can kind of bet it. I'm curious to get Sam's thoughts, though, to see if there's any valuable bet to be made 
in the NFC West from a future standpoint because I've been looking at that market. I haven't found one. I get that the Rams are the favorites, and rightfully so. San Francisco, we're going to dive into them in the second hour here. Um, a lot of possibilities, I shall say, for San Francisco. But then there's also Arizona that made the playoffs a year ago as well. So a lot of interesting teams in this division. All right, let's bring Sam back in. And Sam, uh, you got cut off right when uh, you started to answer. So just quickly back to what you anticipate from this rebuild uh, this year in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, the short answer is not much. Um, <laughs> I think they are. I think they have started a rebuild. The second you trade away Russell Wilson, you you strip this thing back to bare metal and you're starting over. And I think we're about to see, you know, just how bad this roster has gotten over the last few years and how much it was sort of uh, hidden by Russell Wilson. And the fact that pretty much any roster around him, he was still capable of dragging that team to playoff contention, or at least there or thereabouts with Drew Locke, you're not going to see the same thing. So in that division, especially, I think the Seahawks are going to really struggle, and they might be a, a sneaky um, team to be heading towards the number one overall pick. Sam Femi and Bebefe here. We're in the midst of our summer conditioning NFC West preview this week, and I'm interested because I've been looking at this odds board for quite some time, and I haven't found a valuable bet. Do you see a valuable bet to be made in this division right now to win the division? I mean, the Rams are the favorites, plus 125 over at DK. The Niners, plus 150. Cardinals, 4-1. to one. You already mentioned the Seahawks were 18-1. to one. Would you make a bet in this division, Sam? Probably not. If I was forced to make one, though, it would be Arizona. Um, the Cardinals have been a weird team because the seasons have been ending badly. So the off-season vibes and the sort of feel around how things are going in Arizona and with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyla Murray's new deal not getting done, the off-season feels are always bad. But if you look just sort of big-picture terms at how things have gone since Kingsbury took over and, and how that regime has been moving, it's been like a steady uh, step in the right direction every off-season or every season. Um, they've gone from the worst team in the NFL with a disastrous uh, point differential they got dramatically better. They, they got a couple of wins better, got to 500, got to the playoffs. And because every one of these seasons sort of unravels towards the end and it ends badly, it doesn't feel like there's that kind of progression happening. But if they're able to, you know, figure out why things start to stagnate late in the season and potentially make a couple of the adjustments that they've been slow to make, it is still a very talented roster with a very talented quarterback and an offense that can do an awful lot of damage, I, I think they are good outside bets to win that division. We're talking once again to Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus. Sam, uh, some some rumors starting to come out, uh, still nothing concrete on what uh, to expect about punishment for Deshaun Watson. I think most people are expecting maybe mid, you know, half the season. I think that's what Pro Football Talk put out today. Um, yeah, I think minimum four. When you look at the AFC North this year, and you know, in the betting market, the Ravens actually have become the, a slight favorite over Cincinnati. Cleveland has obviously dropped quite considerably because of the uncertainty with the quarterback position. When you look at the Ravens, you know, eight and three, then Lamar gets hurt, and the, you know, the the the, the wheels kind of fall off. Um, they trade away Hollywood Brown, which I thought was a great trade, especially for the future, but it does hurt them with you know deep threats. When you look at this Ravens team, do you think it's fair that they are the favorite in the AFC North, or do you think that the team who won the AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals, should be the favorites? 
Yeah, I, I can certainly see why Baltimore is, and it isn't just the Lamar Jackson thing. When you look at how many injuries they had last season and where they got those injuries, they were concentrated at a couple of position groups, and it really caused them problems. Obviously, if they lost like their entire backfield uh, in the preseason um, and had to cobble things together in terms of running backs, but late in the year, they were calling up defensive backs uh, from the practice squad on a Friday and a Saturday and asking those guys to cover Devontae Adams over the, the weekend. Like, that's just not going to fly in the NFL. And we saw the consequences of it. And that's before you get to losing Lamar Jackson, you know, a truly unique weapon at the most important position in the NFL. So it makes sense that Baltimore is going to be significantly better this season and unlikely to have that kind of injury luck again. But I think you have to respect the offseason that the Bengals had. And if they hadn't gone and overhauled that offensive line, then I think it would be a fair argument to say that they overachieved last year. And yeah, they made it to the Super Bowl, but they're probably not going to catch that kind of lightning in a bottle again. But they have three-fifths of an offensive line are, are new players and should all be upgrades over the guys they had last year. Um, the other two guys are one of the, the two remaining spots was the best player on that offensive line last year and uh, Jonah Williams. So that should be four-fifths of a pretty good offensive line with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and <clears throat> one of the best groups of receivers in the league. So I think the Bengals should absolutely be looking to take that division um, and, and that would be the two-horse race. I would probably lean Baltimore with a slight edge, but the Bengals, I think, should be right there. Sam, the Raiders veterans report for training camp tomorrow here in Las Vegas. What do you make of their chances in what is probably the toughest division in, the, in football? Yeah, I, I think the Raiders were in a really tough spot this offseason because the, the rest of the, you know, the Chargers, the moves they made, the Broncos were getting Russell Wilson, the rest of the AFC loading up. And in any given year, the Raiders maybe have the fourth best quarterback in that division. Now, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. He might be a borderline top 10 kind of guy, but he's probably the fourth best guy in that division. And that puts them just automatically behind the eight ball every single time. So they did all they could do, which is, well, let's, if you can't beat them, join them. Let's start bringing in superstars of our own, Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. So I love the Devontae Adams move in particular. I think that has a potential to really do wonders for that offense, not just Derek Carr teaming up with his old college receiver and Devontae Adams, but the kind of knock-on effect that has on a Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller and the rest of that group. The big question for the Raiders is, you know, can that offensive line keep its head above water? Because the right side in particular last year with Alex Leatherwood, the rookie, was just a, an absolute train wreck. If that line doesn't improve, Adams is going to be limited in terms of how much he can help that offense. They really need just a, a viable platform, and then the Raiders could have like a genuinely top-tier offense. Sam, we got about a minute left. NFC East, we haven't had a back-to-back division winner in over 15 years. Uh, the Cowboys won it last year. Certainly, in my opinion, a lot of questions entering this season uh, at the wide receiver position, some on the offensive line, and there's a lot of buzz on the Eagles. Who would you say is should be the favorite to come out of the NFC East? Yeah, I, I think there's a chance we see the division change hands again. I really like what the Eagles have done. I think they've got stronger in both um, the trenches and the addition of A.J. Brown it has the the potential to be transformative for that offense. The real key for them is, 
can Jalen Hurts take that step forward now that he's got that number one receiver? If he can, I honestly think Dallas are going to struggle to keep up with Philadelphia. He's Sam Munson, uh, lead NFL analyst at Pro Football Focus. Sam, always appreciate the time. Anytime, guys. Take it easy. All right, there he is, Sam Munson. It's time to stretch in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Still no more runs. Three to Uh-oh. two remains the score. I'll tell you what. Let's get one more run. Let's get that home run off. <laughs> yeah. Let's get that home run derby to close it out. American we, we League see it. leading three to two, headed to the bottom of the seventh inning out in Los Angeles. That's Femi Abebefe. I'm Tim Murray. Come on back. You're on Visa. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. And the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $19, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of the month. Sign up today and you'll get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR. If you want that full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up at VEASAN.com slash summer. Got a pitching change in Los Angeles right now with the American League still leading 3-2. to two. The favorite, uh, I would think right now, Femi, Femi Abebefe, Tim Murray, yep. Femi filling in for Sean, who's uh, on morning duty uh, the next couple of weeks before he hits vacation. Uh, but John Carlos Stanton... Hit a two-run shot earlier tonight, tied the game up. Then, shortly thereafter, Byron Buxton went yard. And I believe, Femi, John Carlos Stanton, plus 950. Yep, plus 950. For the game to win MVP, I would say right now he would be your leader in the clubhouse for uh, for MVP here tonight. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting how they're going to do this as we see the odds right up there. I mean, the game is still hanging in the balance, so sure. anybody could win. But right now, it's looking like it is going to be Giancarlo standing at plus 950. But a lot of baseball still left to be played. Uh, the total still in doubt. We're hoping Very for the, the tie, the home run derby off. Now, um, our, <laughs> so kind of what what's interesting is uh, there's a, a disclaimer here at Circa that says all bets will be graded mm-hmm. based off of nine innings. 
So I guess if it's tied, it's just a push. That's my read on it. I mean, that would be the only way if they're grading it off of nine innings. And then for your total, uh, my my assumption is here at close seven and a half. If it's under seven and a half, it Cash that ticket. should be a win, right? Yeah. So uh, hopefully, uh, um, only person I saw who was on the total, I think I saw our guy Scott Seidenberg was on the under. I think he gave that out last night on the look ahead. So he was under eight uh, before it moved. So uh, we're pulling for Scott here. It's but, moving uh, markets. If we, if we can get it 3-3 and then everybody can win. Because I, I would like to see this home runoff. I think I think baseball would like to see it. Too. I just want to see how it's – I mean, know they're going to have three batters And Julio's going to be part that. of it. Julio's going to be part of it. A little bit of a redemption there from last night. Um, so I'm just curious to see how it how they score it, how it all kind of unfolds there. But – it's a fun concept, though, hoping that it happens. All right, so we're going to talk in uh, NFC West uh, this week, and uh, yesterday was the Seahawks. Tonight, San Francisco 49ers. We'll hit on that top of the hour as we continue our summer conditioning. But, um, you know, when it comes to the latest on Deshaun Watson, which we're all kind of just sitting and, and wondering, you know, when yeah. are we going to hear? They're taking their time. They're doing their due diligence. Um the, the report that came out today via Pro Football Talk was that the Browns are preparing for an eight-game suspension from Deshaun Watson. Um, the intent of Deshaun Watson to sue over a full-season suspension may never become a reality. The current thinking is that Judge Robinson's punishment will land in the two- to eight-game range. That was earlier today from Pro Football Talk. Um I said all along it would be half the season. That's just the way I felt. Um, who knows? I mean, I, he'll definitely, I, I would think, that he'll be suspended. What, what's your gut tell you? Oh, yeah, I think he's going to get suspended. Yeah, the, the conversation is just how long. Up until three weeks ago, I thought he was done for the year. That's what I kind of was. Like, I, the momentum was kind of trending that way. My initial thought was half the season, and then I mm-hmm. switched it to full season yeah. with everything coming out, and then now I've kind of shifted it back. I My gut tells me eight games uh, you know, once again, the 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 Browns reportedly are preparing themselves for uh, uh, for an eight game suspension. But it's interesting that they used two to eight games as, as in the report there. Yeah, because it almost feels like they're almost maybe bracing us for maybe four or five type games, and it's not going to be on the higher side of six to eight or maybe ten games. That two to eight to me is a very interesting number because never in my wildest dreams would I ever think that it would be two games. Well, I, I don't think that's going to be the situation unless, I mean, the league, they look out for the shield. It's always protect the shield. The PR that would come raining down on them if it's a two-game suspension would just swallow up an entire week of training. So from my understanding, right, if Judge Robinson says that she does not recommend a suspension, the NFL cannot, cannot suspend it. Yeah, but if she recommends any suspension, then the NFL gets to determine how long that suspension is. So if mm-hmm. she says it should be four games, they, in theory, could make it longer. Yeah. Uh, I assume, I guess they could make it shorter. That wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. So with all that being said, and we keep seeing the markets kind of try to adjust Femi on the fly, here at Circa, the Browns, who, before all of this news came out, they were odds-on to make the playoffs, right? They were a favorite to make the playoffs. Um Depending on where you look, they were around a co-favorite to win the NFC North. And as you see right now, the yes to make the postseason for the Browns is 2-1. to one. The no is minus 235. Browns certainly have a lot of talent on that roster, but you know if it's eight games without Deshaun Watson, 
I don't know how you can make this bet, to be honest. And as you see right there, DraftKings has their win total off the board. There's a lot mm-hmm. of folk, There's a lot of places here in town that have them uh, off the board. What would you do with the Browns right now? You know, it's pending on how many games it is. If I knew for a fact that Watson would return, let's say it's six games, I would be tempted. to. If somebody told me, hey, Femi, you're the only person in the world that knows he is going to serve a six-game suspension, I would bet on them two to one to make the playoffs. Just because of the beginning of that schedule to me. I mean, you're at Carolina, home with the Jets, home Steelers at the Falcons. Very soft. Very, very soft. Very manageable. You can, you can tread water. You can do better than tread water. You can go three and one with that stretch right there. Even four and oh is a possibility. Now, it gets a lot more difficult when you host the Chargers and the Patriots travel to Baltimore than host Cincinnati. That's going to be a little bit more of a, a gauntlet if Jacoby Brissett's having to play. But if it's six games, maybe you get Watson back for the game at Baltimore. Um, just because I go back to what the market was telling us when they made that initial trade there before everybody was talking about a suspension and all that. And Cleveland was the favorite in some places to be the division winner here. Um, a lot of people think of this team as a 10.5-11 win total caliber team if Deshaun Watson plays all 17 games. And that roster is so good, quarterback aside. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people loved Cleveland heading into last year. One of the reasons why they made the playoffs two years ago. Offensive line is really good. Defensive line is good, led by Miles Garrett. And their skill guys, adding Amari Cooper. I know you lose Jarvis Landry, but they still have some pretty good wide receivers. Tight end, David Njoku is still there. Um, I think this Cleveland roster is good. They have a really good head coach. The quarterback situation is not ideal, but I'm not as low on Jacoby Brissett as other people are. It's just what Jacoby Brissett are you getting. If we yes. could get the Jacoby Brissett that you know played in uh, in Indianapolis, okay, but yeah, the one that we saw in Miami, yowzers. But I think it's a possibility you could get the Colts Jacoby Brissett because the Dolphins' Achilles heel was their offensive line. Not a whole lot of quarterbacks would have looked good behind that Miami Dolphins offensive line. The Colts had a better one. Jacoby Brissett was looking like he was a league average type of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Cleveland has a really good offensive line as well. Yeah. And they have a really good head coach who's an offensive genius in terms of scheming things up. And because of the reason why I'm a little bit higher on this Browns team is because Jacoby Brissett, if he has to play eight, ten games or whatever, he's replacing a hurt Baker Mayfield. Not a good Baker Mayfield, healthy Baker Mayfield. The Browns are still almost knocking on the door of making the postseason with a hurt Baker Mayfield. Think about they Gave the Packers all they could handle on Christmas Day when Baker Mayfield was out there with a torn labrum, threw four interceptions. That's how Green Bay was able to win the game. But Cleveland covered that game. So Jacoby Brissett doesn't have to be Superman. He just has to not make boneheaded decisions there. And behind a good offensive line, maybe he's able to protect the football. So what's interesting is, um, you know, the Westgate Superbook, everyone has lines out for week one. They put out lines for every week. And this was adjusted, you know, a week ago. This is July 11th. Femi, they're a favorite, Cleveland is, in those first four games, right? They're a favorite, very slight, but they're a favorite at Carolina (laughs) at one. Uh, They're a favorite at home against the Jets Jets at six and a half. They're a favorite at home against Pittsburgh, four. And then they're a road favorite at Atlanta, three and a half. So to your point, you know, they're a favorite in a lot of these games, even without Deshaun Watson on the roster now. What kind of Jacoby Brissett do we get? Could those change? Yeah, yeah certainly. But yeah, if it's a four-game suspension, I think it. You know, my gut tells me, and like, like you know, like the report said, they're they're bracing for an eight-game suspension. If it's four games, I think it is. You know, it might be actually a buy-low opportunity on the Cleveland Browns yeah. because they only play one division game in that stretch against Pittsburgh. It's at home. Uh, talent-wise, Cleveland's got more talent than the Pittsburgh Steelers. And let's not you know pretend like. 
I mean, I think you can make an argument that Jacoby Brissett and Mitch Trubisky are kind of one and the same. You yeah. Know? I mean, Mitch Trubisky <laughs> didn't play any football last year. So, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, you look at that schedule, very, very soft out of the shoot. Get the Chargers at home, uh, still at home, you know, and mm-hmm. then the Patriots at home. So even if it was a six-game suspension, if they get them back by the time the Ravens are there, yeah, it, it'll be interesting what would happen with those odds, Femi, uh, if, in fact, it was a four-game suspension or a six-game suspension. Yeah, if it's a four-game suspension, I think it's all system go on the Cleveland Browns uh, in terms of being able to win the division, maybe, maybe make some noise in the conference as well. Six games, it can get a little bit more dicey. Maybe you buy low because there's a little bit of rust when Watson first starts there because he hasn't played in two years. It's been a while for him as well. We talked some uh, San Francisco 49ers, top of the hour. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.